I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah will be over by the time people listen to this, Barry, okay? You get eight days already to celebrate. You're pushing your fucking luck here. I'm so sorry. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, okay? So we have done two episodes about holiday-related shit already, but I am not done ranting about it yet. Tis the season, or so they say. But before we get into more holiday festivities, yeah, that's right. I wrote festivities. <laughs> it's not a real word. Festivities. We've got our regularly scheduled worst things first, and let me tell you, we got a lot of crazy stories for you today. And then it's time to move over, Mariah, because we are diving deep into holiday songs. You know that station that only plays Christmas music? Uh-huh. 93.9 in Chicago. <laughs> This is basically a petition to burn those airwaves to the ground. I will intercept those airwaves and I will blow my own songs right back at them. And finally, this podcast is being graced by a comedy legend. Oh, Matt, that's so nice of A you true to say. icon. No, it's not you. <laughs> It's me. <laughs> no, it's not me either. I, I'm not being facetious. I mean this with my whole heart. Our guest complainer today is the iconic Anna Gasteyer. You know Anna from a bajillion things. Of course, she is an SNL legend. She was Katie's mom in Mean Girls. That was her official title in that movie. Um, the Good Wife, Lady Dynamite, Reefer Madness, the movie musical. Such iconic SNL sketches as Shweddy Balls, Martha Stewart. She's played like a bajillion people. And you will see her soon in Wine Country, the new Netflix original movie, directed by the one and only Amy Poehler. So excited that Anna was on the podcast. We'll get to that later. So yeah, it's going to be a good show. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's jingle these bells and start the show. Uh, uh. I'm sorry. Is that a bell? Are you, are you a bell? That was my Christmas jingle. All right. Worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, the New York Times, the failing New York Times published a hit piece last week on none other than our beloved French fry. Okay, and honestly, the world can't end fast enough. I'm ready to die. (laughs) How are they going to look at me and say, oh, why don't you face the end of the world without French fries? You just take a large romaine head. And you just shove that in your mouth and I, you say goodbye oh yeah, to the world. At this point, I gladly accept E. coli poisoning. <laughs> I would rather go down with E. coli than not eat French fries anymore. <laughs> um, in an article titled, You Don't Want Fries With That, Don't Tell Me What To Do, You Piece Of Shit Rag, the New York Times called French fries a, quote, weapon of dietary destruction and quoted a Harvard nutritional professor who called potatoes, quote, starch bombs. Okay. Yeah, thanks. I know exactly what I'm doing when I eat a potato, and it is waging war on my insides. <laughs> um, a study last year found that participants who ate fried potatoes two or three times a week were at higher risk for mortality compared with those who ate unfried potatoes. No shit! Yeah, come Why on. would you do a study about that? <laughs> oh, if you fry something, it's worse. We've been knowing that for a long time. We've been new. Basically, they, the, the bit that got the most attention on Twitter was this doctor who suggested that the proper serving of French fries was six French fries. Like, what is that? <laughs> what does that mean? That's literally like what McDonald's doesn't give a shit about that falls in the bottom of your bag. That's what you eat on the way to eating your French fries. 
That's that's the appetizer for it's your French fries. That's what gets your mouth ready for the full serving of French fries, which is an entire fuckload of French fries. You're talking about the same food that we order alongside like a bucket of McNuggets. <laughs> anyway, this hack doctor from Harvard was he said that consumers should track how they feel after eating fries and that might change your habits. No, that is not going to work. <laughs> Famously, you think I already worked. don't know how I feel after I eat like garbage? Like that stopped me before? <laughs> no. At this point, I'm fully lactose intolerant, and but I just block out time <laughs> so that I can eat cheese and milk <laughs> and know that I'll be preoccupied for the next four hours at least. Yeah. Also, his name is Dr. Rim. Okay. <laughs> we know what he's eating. <laughs> Ass. Next! In better news, two marine pilots who made a penis-shaped flight path <laughs> over Southern California have been disciplined but won't be fired. Oh, thank so, God. <laughs> yeah, I know we were all worried about that. <laughs> what I love, so they, they flew their plane in the shape of a penis <laughs> so that it would show up on someone's screen who was, like, looking at flight paths. I guess someone... Oh, it's not like chemtrails? <laughs> No, no, no. Okay. People didn't see it from the ground. Okay. Someone who was like looking at flight paths for fun <laughs> was like, uh-oh. Um, yeah, I just, I think my favorite part about it is like, who did they do that for? <laughs> like clearly someone, like the only people who are going to see it is people who would probably not be happy about it. <laughs> like their boss. I don't know. Shout out to them. Next! This story is a little bit old, but it's been out there, and I feel like everybody is like, Matt, when are you going to comment? Right. <laughs> Southwest Airlines has been uh, forced to apologize after a gate agent allegedly made fun of a five-year-old girl's name. The mother, named Tracy, is just this white lady from, like, fucking Texas or something. She told the news that her and her daughter were boarding a plane in California en route to Texas when the gate agent started mocking her five-year-old daughter's name, which is spelled A-B-C-D-E and pronounced Absidy. No. <laughs> what? Really? Okay. Absidy? Um, if anybody named Absidy is listening to this, um, can you do me a favor and switch off the volume for a second? <laughs> Why would you name your child this? Is that a word? Obviously not the spelling of that. Is abs... Is... is... It's not. It's not okay, a word okay, or a name. <laughs> <laughs> like, the mom heard the gay agent making fun of their name. Um, and the mom turned to the gate agent and was like, hey, if I can hear you, my daughter can hear you. So stop making fun of her. And then the daughter was like, why are they making fun of me, mommy? <laughs> and the mom was like, people like people are mean. Um, and she said, you know, honey, not everybody is nice. Not everybody is going to be nice. And it's unfortunate. Um, and I named you that just so you can <laughs> learn that every single time you're introduced to someone new. <laughs> like... <sighs> I feel like it's valid to make fun of this because she chose, like an adult woman chose this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It wasn't like, you know, you're not making fun of her. I think the wrong thing is that the gate agent made fun of her while she could hear her. There we go. That's, that's it. <laughs> you make fun of this girl's name when she's on the plane. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and also, it's not the little girl's fault. It's her dumbass mother's fault for naming her after the first five letters of the alphabet. And you know her mom's name is probably, like, Sarah. It's Tracy. Oh, there we go. With an I. <laughs> is her next child going to be F-G-H-I? <laughs> it's going to be, um, her name is Fugai? Fugichi. Fugichi. Fugish. Fugish. All right, everybody who's listening can turn it back on. <laughs> and finally, in a recent Wall Street Journal article, the VP of Marketing and Innovation for Starkist, the tuna company, ah. said that tuna is struggling because, quote, a lot of millennials don't even own can openers. <laughs> hey, wise guy. Okay, why don't you fucking innovate a pull tab on your fucking <laughs> tuna? <laughs> he acts like we're living in the fucking I, when cans didn't have pull tabs if i can open up my can of pop with a fucking pull tab you can make tuna so that i don't need a can opener 
Well, the Wall Street Journal also pointed out that um, tuna has a lot of problems uh, because it has negative associations like mercury poisoning and dolphin abuse and um, not to mention its fishy smell and cat food-like appearance, (laughs) according to the Wall Street Journal. (laughs) But apparently they're thinking about like spicing up tuna by giving it like millennial flavors like sriracha and like... (laughs) I hate sriracha and tuna. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, let's ruin Christmas music for you and your mom. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, so I tried wading into the whole um, holiday song battles a couple weeks ago because I tweeted that I was sick of all this mania over Mariah Carey when we have Cindy Lou Who and her fucking white girl pretzel afro singing Where Are You Christmas? She gave that to us, okay? She put it all out there. Where Are You Christmas is the only good song. But then everybody came for me because apparently Mariah Carey wrote that song. (laughs) (laughs) And I was trying to pit women against women, uh, which is unfair to both Mariah Carey and Cindy Lou Who. And you, Matt. Apparently Mariah Carey wrote Where Are You Christmas because of like some legal issue. Um, She couldn't sing it. So Faith Hill ended up singing it for the Grinch movie. Just a fun fact (laughs) that I had to learn. (laughs) Um, yeah, because how was I supposed to know? What do you What do you think I do? Uh, research? No. Hey, do you listen to this podcast? I stand by my original tweet, even though I did delete it. Oh. <laughs> but the whole thing got me thinking about all the holiday songs and how most of them are terrible, and we have to accept that. Okay, so let's get into it. The worst holiday songs. First, obviously, we got to start with the obvious. Baby, it's cold outside. It's what? universally well, recognized. Okay, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible song. It's trash. It is a cry for help. It is a it woman is. trying to escape. It is. Great tune, though. <laughs> no Christmas song has aged worse than Baby, It's Cold Outside. Amen. And not just because Zoe Deschanel ukulele'd it to death. Oh, yeah, she did. An elf. Love that movie, though. Doesn't she sing it in the shower with a ukulele at some point? Or no? The ukulele com- is not in the shower. She sings it a cappella in the shower while Will Ferrell, as Buddy the Elf, is standing next to her. You have technically a branding next issue if I immediately associate your voice with a ukulele. <laughs> anyway, first of all, obviously it's cold outside, dumbass. It's winter. The whole song is about you reminding a woman that it's cold outside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she has a watch. She has AccuWeather. She has she has an Apple Watch and it tells her the weather. Second, there are some people who defend this song by saying like, oh, it's the 1940s and like a woman had to keep her modesty by like pretending to reject a man uh, and like playing playing coy and that was what they were doing this is just like part of the ritual of of consent in the Mm. 1940s yes because everybody knows you have to keep up your modesty and if a man says it's cold outside and you agree congratulations you're a fucking whore yeah that's how that works (laughs) yeah if you don't put up a show of rebuffing a man's advances nobody could say that you're a big old nasty slut But the original film that the song is from, that's called like Neptune's Daughter, you can see that the woman's body language does not match this theory if I'm going to buy into the fact that she secretly wants to get fucked, which is not how consent works. Sure is not. (laughs) But if I was going to buy into that, she would at least be giving some like physical hints But no, she's not. She's clearly trying to get away. And she wants out of there. Basically, you could try all you want, men. But telling a woman that it's cold outside isn't going to stop her from going home, firing up Carol on Netflix, and letting her girlfriend eat her out on the couch. Okay? That's how it goes. Uh, next! I also like that, like, a huge genre... Huge genre, genre of Christmas music is just about straight up wanting to fuck Santa. Yeah. <laughs> Besides, I saw Mama kissing Santa Claus. That's about your mom wanting to fuck Santa. But there's some 
there was some Oedipus stuff happening there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, yeah, my mom wants to fuck Santa. Does that mean I want to fuck Santa? Or does that mean I want to fuck my mom? All of the above. Um, But yeah, the worst offender is Santa Baby, which is just three whole minutes of a baby-voiced girl being like... Eartha Kitt, she's she's a pretty phenomenal lady. I know Eartha Kitt, yeah. She does have, like, a baby voice in general. Well, yes. But it's played up for this, and it's disgusting. The whole song is just, I've been good this year, Santa. Can you fuck me? That is... that. It's, think of all the fun I've missed. Think of all the fellas I haven't kissed. She's like, I've I saved up for you. I've I've been edging. <laughs> I hate that. It's awful. <laughs> Next year I could also be good if you check off my Christmas list. Oh, you know what Santa has? A big old dick. He's got BDE. <laughs> He's got that big dick energy. Yeah, that's because he needs it. He needs a giant that's sack. That's how he makes his reindeer fly, BDE. That's the magic of the sleigh. I hate all of this. <laughs> um, yeah, how about you just fuck who you want to fuck instead of insisting on letting an old man dictate your choices? Okay, this is 2018. Yeah. Fuck who you want. Next! Nobody knows what boughs of holly are. Bows? Bows? Deck the halls with boughs of holly? B-O-U-G-H. That's not a real thing. Okay, it's not. Don't fucking come in. Also, what is holly? Is it berries? Oh, I don't know. Nobody knows! (laughs) Don't ask me. Deck my halls? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Not in this house. Also, uh, in Holly Jolly Christmas, the line, I don't know if there will be snow, but have a cup of cheer. What? Uh, I was supposed to feed my children with cheer. <laughs> I was supposed, my, my children come up to me and they say, Mama, we're, we're thirsty. I'm supposed to be like, here's a cup of cheer, you dumb shit. I hope this lasts you. If I'm in the desert and I'm parched and I see an oasis of cheer, guess what? I'm dead. I'm dead in the desert. Fuck your cup of cheer. That won't quench my thirst. Not this thirst. (laughs) Um, Jingle Bell Rock, besides being ruined by Mean Girls, has the worst, my least favorite Christmas lyric, which is, giddy up, jingle horse, pick up your feet. (laughs) Just objectively. Objectively a horrible line. (laughs) It sounds like like a furry rallying cry. (laughs) Getting up, jingle horse. Pick up your feet. Uh, I hate that. Also, just jingle bells in general. Jingle bells is the the worst sound. Just the sound of jingle a jingle bell. I dare you. I dare you to enter an enclosed room, aka a room, with a baby who has a fistful of jingle bells and last five minutes without murdering that baby to death. You can't. You can't. Um, I'm also tired of Christmas songs appropriating the word gay. It doesn't mean happy. It's homosexual. Your Christmas tree isn't gay. Your Christmas tree wants to fuck other Christmas trees. (laughs) What is a straight Christmas tree fuck? There is no straight Christmas trees. Christmas is gay. Canonically. According to canon. (sighs) Also, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is ruined because of Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani's real name is Rudolph. That's, Wait, really? Yes. I didn't know that. Rudy is short for Rudolph. Aww. That means a human woman gave birth to a, a human child, if you can call him <laughs> that, and just looked at it in its fucking face and named it Rudolph. What's worse, Rudolph or Abadise or whatever her name was? Absidy. <laughs> Absidy. <laughs> Honestly, thanks to Rudy Giuliani, Rudolph. That's how much I hate him. I do think my least favorite Christmas song is It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. What does Christmas look like? Unhappiness. Don't they explicitly explain what Christmas looks like in that song? I don't know. I'd have to listen to it, but I refuse. I just, every time it snows, someone is like, uh, <laughs> It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Winter doesn't start until December 21st, you dumb piece of shit. Most of the time, it snows after Christmas. You dumb fuck. Also, uh, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Okay, 
Okay, Hitler. <laughs> Jesus. Have fun. Have fun with your fucking Ku Klux Klan Christmas. Moving on. Santa Claus is coming to town. That's not a jingle. That's a threat. He sees me when I'm sleeping. <laughs> he knows when I'm awake. He knows when I've been good or bad. I get it. Just why don't you be explicit and just say that Santa knows when I masturbate. And finally, Frosty the Snowman is a song about mortality and it should not be sung amongst children. It's just like, hey, guess what? You have a friend who will be dead by the end of the day. Have fun with that knowledge. Also, Frosty the Snowman leads the children he's friends with into running away from the cops. That's that's in the song. <laughs> he says he, he led them down the streets of town right to the traffic cop. And he only paused a moment when he heard him holler stop. Frosty the snowman <laughs> had to hurry on his way. He ran from the cops. Oh my God. And he's still alive. You know why? Because he's white. Think about that this Christmas. Anyway, that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got the incredible Anna Gasteyer in the studio right after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Care Of. Care Of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. If you don't know what vitamins to take or why, I got some good news. Because you can take Care Of's fun online quiz and find out what vitamins and supplements you need based on your diet, your goals, and your lifestyle choices. It takes just five minutes and then you can get your personalized vitamins delivered right to your door. Not only that, but they come in these cute, easy-to-remember daily packs, and you take them at home, or you throw them in your bag on the way out, and then you just pop them right in. You pop them right in your throat. Also, there are vegan and vegetarian supplement options if you're into that, and it's easy to modify your subscription at any time. I took the quiz, and I was like, I barely sleep, I barely eat anything good, I barely exercise, and they were like, BAM! Here's all the vitamins you should be taking. Then they send me packs and I pop them in my mouth every day. And boom, I go off on my day with all the delicious vitamins and supplements floating around in my body. And for 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, you can visit TakeCareOf.com and enter unhappy. That's TakeCareOf.com and enter unhappy for 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. My guest complainer today needs no introduction, but I will give her one anyway. She is a legend, an icon, a powerhouse, actor, singer, comedian, Anna Gasteyer. Hi. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know her from everything. I don't even have to read it's your such credits. A watery. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank Welcome you. to Unhappy Hour. Thank you. Um, we like to start by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Yes, you gave me this assignment to think about this. So I have three things I thought we, you would find. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I feel like they reveal a lot about me socioeconomically um, and that some anthropologist could really rip me to shreds <laughs> over them. But the first one, my very first, and I realize this may be a sensitive and or or insensitive thing to say to you. Oh my god, I'm I'm the suspense for this answer is it's so has bad. Been mounting. Not at all, but um, <laughs> my first early passionate dislike mm-hmm. as a person that I remember clearly was white male rock tenors. <laughs> Uh, that is the perfect answer for this podcast. Like that everybody loves. And I would like I remember watching the show Fridays, which briefly competed with Saturday Night Live. Uh-huh. And um, Brian Perry from Journey was on. Mm-hmm. And first of all, he was wearing a tux and I want to say Chucks. And immediately I was angry. <laughs> <laughs> And this is what I mean by it reveals a lot about my sure. how rigid I must be. But and he had long hair, not unlike the way mine looks today. Actually, it was a cut very sort of Chrissy Hind shag. Yeah, which looks amazing on Chrissy Hind, but irritating on him. And he sang, you know, "Don't Stop Believing" or something that everybody loves, and it just irritated the crap out of me. It, yeah, 
and often I have that. Like I, there are there are exceptions to the rule. I love the I love the Eagles, for example. Sure, sure. Um, but a real confident screeching white male tenor. Now I love Stevie Wonder. Yeah. It's, so it's not it's it's ethnically biased. It's it's ethnically biased <laughs> on my part, and I admit to my the limitations of my that's completely point fine. of view. I also I I'm not a fan of any riffing in holiday redos. Yes, I find it infuriating. Right, and I feel I I love riffing. I I mean I admire it. Uh huh. And I love like a gospel re. I like it where it fits. And I that's but I can't stand a modern redo with a riff. It, yeah, it, it really chaps my ass. The only one that I think is allowed is have you seen uh this video clip of Patty LaBelle singing This Christmas and she doesn't know the lyrics. Okay, well that but there's that's someone why we riff. but there's someone <laughs> It's like scat. Riffing is the new scat. It literally like someone was holding up cards for her but they weren't going fast enough and she started singing like just insults at the person carrying the cards well, that's and fantastic. it's the funniest that's video. That's fantastic. Bless her. <laughs> so yeah. oh that's the only holiday riffing I think that is acceptable so that makes me grumpy uh, i mean and i love holiday music I mean, i'm making a holiday album right now i love yeah. old, i like an old-fashioned nostalgic good time you know right but where stick, it sticks where stick it, to the classic foundation yeah and you, you can you can you know move within the note and belt but yeah. you can't just add runs and licks because you don't have anything else to say uh-huh is there a particular offender that you have in mind um, no, because I'm like that old lady that's like, ah, <laughs> everything, everything, like in the terrible. gap. <laughs> when I'm like, well, it was good when it was Sarah Vaughn, <laughs> you know. No, because I don't know who anybody is. Yeah, it's like literally in my mind, they're all, you know, it, it's it's one person molded together of Ariana Grande, Christina Aguilera, and like uh, Selena Gomez. They're all like right, one right. person that makes music that that I don't that I feel old about. Yeah. <laughs> It's all I still like I and feel Christina's like Christina's my like my generation so that's really sad. <laughs> yeah, I think the last musician who I will ever care about has already like peaked. Like I don't who was know. It? I like was it I Harry can't Styles. He's he's up there. Oh, I have questions. I have questions like, for I bet you. you we'll, do. we'll get to him. I bet you will. <laughs> but you mentioned three things or was it there's one more, right? Oh, this is a weird one. I mean, and again, this is obnoxious and and the stuff of elitism and think pieces, but um, and less racially charged, but certainly economically charged. Um, it is. I don't like an overly engineered fine dining experience, uh-huh. which is to say, when somebody pays for like a super fan, like you go out to for your anniversary, and you know, I think people generally love. A bunch of ass-kissing interrupters uh-huh. who come to change your napkin and bring you a thing. I get very cranky. No, I would literally yeah. rather be at Soup Plantation for my anniversary <laughs> so I could just sit and finish my fucking conversation. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I yeah. love I love food. I love food. It's like my favorite thing in the world. I love going out to dinner. I love like sharing a bottle of wine with somebody and talking. I, I just can't stand 3,000 people interrupting with like a water sommelier. Right, right. You know what I mean? And people, um, it's not like that I do it very often, obviously, but I'm, it, it is, it, it's, I was trying to, I think other people love that. Like, uh-huh. that's where they want to have their, you know, get engaged and stuff. Yeah. Barry, producer Barry and I went to uh, dinner not long ago and this guy came up and was like, oh, you're not drinking wine? I was drinking like a whiskey cocktail. Yeah. And I like, people say that to me a lot because I make videos on the internet drinking wine. Sure. And so when they come up to me in public, they say, oh, you're not drinking wine. I sort of expected wine today. So, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is Friday at 4.30. I planned this on purpose. <laughs> There's probably some out there. We could go grab we could go grab a glass. I know. I, I fucked up. Um but Mercury's in retrograde. I know. It's it's I blame the planets. Yeah, it's going direct. This week. guy came over and he was like, Oh, you're not drinking wine? I was like, No, you know, I'm sticking to the, the hard stuff tonight. And he was like, Well, I'll I'll get one. I'll get one for you. And I turned to Barry and I was like, oh, yeah, people always say that. And it took me like 20 minutes to realize he was the Somalier. <laughs> that was his job. <laughs> that was his job. <laughs> it's just like the way he was saying it. I was like, oh, it's a fan. <laughs> and he was like, no, no idea. I, the other drink he got me was like, which I got charged for another drink. Like, that's what yeah. he was. He wasn't offering speaking, me a drink. The That's not like a 
Like, I haven't had the experience a lot of sommeliers being, like, big comedy fans. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> do you know the process they go through? Yeah. It's, like, absurd. Yeah. You we... have to, like, sell your soul to the wine devil in order to learn everything. And you have to talk about that shit really seriously. Yeah. Like, you have to say things like, you know, grass on the nose. <laughs> I mean, and until recently. And fruit forward. Yeah. And mouth feel. It, it, until A recently, I didn't realize that when you describe notes, it's not because those things are like in the wine. <laughs> it's just what they, just oh. what they recall. You know, I mean, there yeah. is like fruit wine, yeah. which isn't like r- real wine. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah. It's for suckers. I was like, oh, you know, notes of blackberry doesn't mean that there's blackberry in it. It just, just. Oh, it just it's it, it's reminiscent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. I that's funny. I you know also you have like things that you can. I I love wine. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's like we even do this this early plug I'm doing, but this you know all Amy Poehler directed all yeah yeah SNL girls together in this movie called Wine Country, and it's all it's all up, it's it's right up your alley. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's all set in <laughs> in wine country, and so we spent a lot. I mean. We drink. We drank a lot. We right. talked about wine a lot. But but I have no. Um, it's like certain. I just don't. I cannot remember anything about it. Like I, like once people start talking about it, I just hear white noise, <laughs> yeah. and I glaze over. And it's strange because I love it, but I don't care. Right. I don't just. I, yeah. That's what people ask me for wine recommendations all the time. I bet. And it's like a. On in the videos that I make, I'm chugging wine. It's not. I'm right. not experiencing it chuck. in a way. Yeah, that you are. That <laughs> yeah. would be like if I told you I liked it. Like it wouldn't be enjoyable the way that you normally You're not drink savoring wine. Savoring it, right, right. Uh, and be like, yeah, I don't know. Like I don't know anything. I just know what I like as it's going down. Yeah, I can remember some things. Like I don't like too sweet. I'm slowly yeah, yeah. or like you know, regionally. I kind of know. Oh yes, I, if if you get a Pinot Noir from the Russian River Valley, like I remember, I liked that. Whatever, <laughs> that, but, that's more information but than that's I will only ever because know. I lived with someone from the Russian River Valley, and we went to a family wedding, and he explained why the wine was good there, and I liked it. Uh-huh. You know, so it was like that's that that kind of thing. But I can, I just don't have like a strong. There's I a just, few things like that where I'm just like. like absurd to me that someone could describe like the dirt that it was gro- like the grapes were the growing. terroir <laughs> i can't even say that word terroir. i refuse i refuse there's nothing funnier though there's <laughs> nothing funnier than wine people i had to do i filmed this like you know it was we called it making of a master and they I, we had these sommeliers like teach me everything in the course of one day and we filmed it at the the bar that they filmed sideways at. wow so it was like the heart the heart of of whatever that region is, Did, and uh, I, I retained nothing. I retained nothing. nothing. Yeah. Well, you're probably drunk too. I also, yeah, I drank a lot of wine that day. By the end of it, they were like <laughs> genuinely impressed with what I could put away. Because <laughs> I briefly had um, my own wine. That was a, a blend. I did it with this company called Wink. This is the whole thing now. Everybody's got a friggin' wine. Oh yeah, I got I got red for filth. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> there was an online um, wine reviewer company place, and it was the only thing that I've ever done where it was like the most hostile interview. And I was like, it's the small like wine publication online. They and produced it or they wrote it up. They wrote it up. It was this was afterwards. And it was the most hostile. The guy was just like, oh, you think you can slap your name on whatever and people just drink it? And I yeah. was like, no. Like, I <laughs> I like made something that I would would chug. And so that's, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not marketing it as like, this is the best wine you will ever taste. Was it Kathy Lee's company? No. I wish. I know. This was, it's a place called Wink. They are like a wine subscription service where you sign up and like get a box of wine every month. Oh, like a box of bottles. Yes. Or a box. Uh, <laughs> I like a box of that's Brack. That's a different, that's do a different one. Do you know Brack? Um, I don't know if I do. Brack's a good summer. It's a, it's a rosé. Uh-huh. I think it's Hungarian. Sure. Or Czech. Vrak. It's one of those. <laughs> yeah, you have to say it like that. You, we get it at my neighborhood store. Which I love because my neighborhood store will say, because it's the wine people, but then they'll say like, but you could get, this is like $10 uh-huh. and it's just as good. They do that all the time to My me. college wine was Carlo just, Rossi. Do you know Carlo? The, like, naturally. The jug of it. Yeah. yeah. I always used to get the jug of Chardonnay. Wow, that is gross. <laughs> 
But I think a, a jug of alcohol is way better than like a box of alcohol. A flagon? Yeah. Well, it no, felt, I know. Boxes, like... boxes are very retro cool now. They're the, it's yeah. the new like um, artisanal. It's like canned canned rosé too. Like Underwood has yeah. that. Yeah, right, that right. I'll do like at the. I've I've been known to 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 pop open a can <laughs> at, in a in an airport waiting area. It's upsetting to me that like a box of wine, there's just like a Ziploc bag. Well, in what's there. scary about it is it's a great value because uh-huh. it's like I know this because I bought it for a parents' night, and it was the equivalent <laughs> of four bottles, but like not that much more money. Right. Um. And but but the problem is, and it's delicious. You put it in your refrigerator, and there's a spigot, and it's right. it's it's an issue because all summer long you're just like. It's now part of my family lore that when my brother was younger, uh, he went into the fridge and like kept drinking from the spigot of what he thought was juice and then got like <laughs> accidentally <laughs> wasted at our house <laughs> and my parents were like parents no box. I mean that's on them you can't yeah, put no. a spigot with a child I and mean, it like looks like that juice that sounds like something we would do <laughs> yeah, in my household for sure how long so you I know we both went to Northwestern yes I know I, 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 I wanted to bring up the wildcat bond yeah you seem like you are back there far more than I am I have a lot of wildcat pride I know um, which you were weird because again i'm not like a prideful i'm not that way generally like uh-huh. I think of myself that way <laughs> you're not proud of, of much but that is one thing i mean i am proud of a lot of things but i'm not like a i didn't grow up that way i guess i should put it that way i uh-huh. went to like a very you know east coasty i went to sidwell friends in in washington dc for high school which is a very like buttoned up prep school yeah. in dc like the obama girls went there like, sure, it's very, sure. like you know, high end for po- like a political city, uh-huh. but it wasn't like it's it's private and it has like we didn't have like cheerleaders or marching bands or uh-huh. like any of that midwestern stuff, right? Um, so we just it's just not like a rah rah kind of a joint, right? You know, it's right. Quaker. It's like a Quaker school, so like you, Quakers <laughs> don't like rah rah it up that right. much. I mean, they might like have like a book party, you mm-hmm. know, but like <laughs> yeah. but it's not like it's oatmeal just not, party. Yeah, you something tasteful and academic might mm-hmm. happen, and that was how I was raised. You know, my parents are fun, but they are they were very they're intellectual, you know, right to, to a degree. So, um, I that came to me as a surprise. Like I certainly wasn't like that at Northwestern. Is my point. Uh huh. Um, but Northwestern changed my life completely. Like, yeah. Like 100%. Do you feel that way? No, because you grew up in Chicago. See, this is my conversation with all well, my that's friends. That's interesting. That's interesting that that is the reason that you think. But I just had this conversation with a friend, and I'm about to put all kinds of words in your mouth, so forgive me. But <laughs> she grew up in Palatine, mm-hmm. and she was like, I wasn't, I should have gone away. Because yeah. my, a lot of my logic on why it was such a great place for me, it's one of my life tenets, is, and I'm, you know, like with my kids, I think it's really important in a country as big as ours and obviously as diverse and mm-hmm. confusing to leave your region if yeah. you can afford it and you have the means to do that for college. Because I think I got a huge amount of kind of eye-opening American experience right. in every respect. Like, I didn't know anybody who took tap. Mm-hmm. In fact, my mother thought tap was tacky <laughs> and thought She's that belting not entirely was... wrong. <laughs> I love tap dance, but, you know, I didn't know anybody who did that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. So it, in the Midwest, where everybody goes to, like, you know, Miss Megan's dance studio and learns, like, tap jazz and, and lyrical. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It's just a different... Energy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. For I mean, for me, a Northwestern. Like, I grew up in this in the South suburbs, and so for my parents, at least, going to the North Side was I might as well have gone right. to Europe. Mars. Like yeah. it was like, oh, you're abandoning us. Yeah, and it's so it has that reputation of being so like fancy and a feat. Northwestern yeah. comparatively, because neither of my parents went to I'm college. I'm a first generation, yeah. and so we didn't know anything about that process of applying and going. And so like for them, that like was. A, that was like a reach for uh, us oh, to be able sure. to like send me there. Yeah. And I'm still like, I'll be paying off those yep. student loans forever. No, it's unbelievably <laughs> expensive. Because it was like, you know, it took us an hour to get there. They were like, oh my God, yeah. you might as He's well. He's really have... leaving. <laughs> yeah. Home. And then I was like, and now I'm moving to New York. And that was like, I might as well have shot all of them in the face. <laughs> but so it did feel, it did feel like I, I went away a little bit. But I always, when I talk to people who were there, especially, there's so many great 
performers and entertainers who, who went there who are were like, I found my people there. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I may obviously I have friends, but I don't think <laughs> you don't have the kind of pride I have. <laughs> I don't know if like I think I I also didn't know what I wanted when I went in. Yeah. Like I because neither of my parents went to college, I always grew up with like a I need to, there are five jobs that you can possibly right. have when you're an adult, and I need to pick one of them. Plumbing. <laughs> a crossing guard, <laughs> um, doctor, firefighter. And <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be a doctor, and because I was good at math wow. and science, and I yeah. applied and got accepted to Northwestern as like a pre-med That's bio major. <laughs> and then all have... it took was my cousin to say, no one goes to the doctor with like a normal foot. They go with like a fucked up foot that you're going to have to look at. <laughs> and that's all it took. I was like, yeah, you're right. Ew. That's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. And then I was, and then I, it was 2008 when I started and I, um, oh my God, you're so young. I know. I'm sorry. I, okay. we're both timeless. We're timeless. This yeah. is an ageless Well, so phase. you may hit your Northwestern phase yet. I know. I, your think, Northwestern it's, I gratitude think it's still phase. coming. Because mine Once was... I pay the loans off, right. I think it'll be well, better. Well, mine started much later than you would. I mean, I did not have it. I mean, I liked it. It uh -huh. was fun and everything like that. But like I started really having the gratitude. I don't know. I think as I kind of looked around, because here's the other thing, like what nobody says to you when you're on your way up in entertainment or whatever, when you're studying it, when you're aspiring to it. Well, all anyone says to you when you're aspiring to it is you shouldn't do this because you right. won't work. That's all anyone says to you. You'll never, ever work. <laughs> At least Basically. in my family. Like, yeah. you're an idiot if you do this for a living. But what they also don't say to you is if you are going to do it and you're going to do it successfully, you're going to have to write your own adventure over and over and over and over again. Uh -huh. You're not going to like – I mean – even like Sylvester Stallone had to do that. You know what I mean? Like people who were like massive movie stars had to create their own right. story. Right. And then they their career died and then they rewrote <laughs> right, their story. You know what I mean? Like you have to. So for me, that translates to, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there saying like, well, maybe you're just not that good. <laughs> maybe you should just go be a fireman. Um, That's even true. though I that probably would is be really a, hard too. But yeah, I would be a horrible fireman. I would be dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously. But so uh, I do think that Northwestern kind of created for me because I did Meow Show and I did Wamu Show and I did like all of these, which are like, you know, writer performer, early writer performer experiences for me. And there was a lot of just like, I got a barn and you got a, an outfit and let's yeah. put on a show. And <laughs> when I first got to L.A., that's what everybody was doing. Like everybody was making their own music videos and making their own thing. And then it's just a lot of little like doers. Right. And, right. And um, that was a good model for me because I especially as a woman in the late 80s, like there weren't like Jan Hooks and Nora Dunn were on SNL. Mm hmm when I was in college and I absolutely admired like deeply worship them yeah um but apart from that it wasn't like I had a strong sense of like you right, know right. When, when girls my generation got SNL like literally somebody came up to me on the street was like I'm so sorry you're so talented I'm so bummed because you're just gonna sort of like go and die on the boys show <laughs> you know what I mean like it was yeah, I, no, I was enough at the head it, of that yeah. of that little I mean, plenty of good women had been on the show, but it was not, it did not have a nice, I came right off this like Janine Garofalo phase where mm -hmm. it wasn't a happy place, really. And mm -hmm. it wasn't a happy, or it didn't have a reputation for being that way. And it wasn't happy for women, certainly. Did not right, right. So well, now it's, it's solved. It's like, yeah. Solved? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Um, it's totally equal. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally equal. It's a, it's a field day for women and gays. Right, exactly. Um, but I mean, it is a hell of a lot different, I'll yeah, tell no, you. No, no. And, and, and again, that's why, to get political for a second, like so much of that is about numbers too. Mm -hmm. Because it's just a reality like in workplaces and stuff when you have, like why I felt so excited that all of these women were elected to the House mm -hmm. recently. Because again, I just, I know that from my own experience that there was a radical difference in the feeling between three of us on the air and three writers to when I left, you know, whatever, there were six or seven of us on the air and four or five writers. And it's just a numerical comfort, you yeah. know, um, that changed the sense of it. Right. I, I think we are kindred spirits and we first, our, our spirits first connected over my now wife, Harry Styles. 
like probably three or four years ago. Blessed. You were very outspoken about your love for him. Yes, I was very passionate about him. I pulled a couple of your tweets. Um, oh my God, you went back down into, oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. into the beast. Um, my favorite, I think, is people in my home who admit to crushes on Harry Styles. 11-year-old tween daughter, 46-year-old inappropriate mom, 5-year-old naive son, and 41-year-old lesbian nanny. <laughs> <laughs> you got know, everybody. Everybody got drawn We got the in. demo. We got the demo. Um, How did it start? When did you get sucked so in? So my 11-year-old, I guess, I was just remembering this. It's funny that you brought it up because we were talking about them earlier today. I gave my daughter tickets to One Direction for mm-hmm. must have been her 11th birthday. Was this one of the MetLife shows? No, it was at Jones Beach. Oh, okay. And it was um, epic. And I wore earphones because of the screaming. Right, I forgot right. about that. Somebody it is genuinely me. one of the loudest places I've ever been. It was insane. It's really insane. The screaming was incredible but um i started amusing myself because i wanted to get backstage sure and this was in you know the heyday (laughs) natch um this was in the heyday of twitter like when twitter was fun and and brands paid attention to it and and it was fun so uh i started to tweet at them but i was aware that i was 46 And it was creepy. So I just started to tweet at them like a mom would from the front, like that I had stuff. If they needed, right, like if right. were, anyone had blisters, I had Band-Aids. Or if anybody needed like Purell or um, I was worried about people's voices and had they stretched and had they warmed up. Right. And I just like, I kept at it. I couldn't. And I, so I did it like 15 times that night. I just kept kind of do it. And um, I don't even remember why, but I mentioned something about Skittles. Mm-hmm. And the, end of the story is that we did not get asked backstage or recognized in any way shape or form they had no idea who I was but they did like the next week Skittles sent I'm not exaggerating a bag as wide as my body Uh like my arms are outstretched right now like a like a child's casket sized satin bag that said Skittles that was had so many hundreds of thousands of Skittles because uh-huh. I guess it was Harry's one of their favorite candies anyway oh god I then you're proceeded gonna expose to me for not knowing what Harry about candy is. on the internet uh-huh and then any time that I was the place that he was I would try to tweet at him and I would try to get him to pay attention to me but I it really I amused myself by our age difference, so I, I have say, a couple. Oh, um, one was I'm, I'm, this was in a January. Um, I'm finishing up some tax prep paperwork. <laughs> free by six fifteen, six twenty. But if you're in New York City, want to meet for a turkey patty and or Michelob Ultra. <laughs> also, this was sent in January 2014, which was a month before he turned 20. Right. So not um, legal. That's fair. Right. Right. And our, like if I was in Trader Joe's, I would tweet at him if he wanted me to pick up anything for him. <laughs> yeah. Or there, another one was just shot a Weight Watchers commercial and feeling sassy. So come over. I have 100 cal bags of kettle corn and Men in Black 3. <laughs> I'm shocked that none of this worked. He feels like that. I that liked is when they vibe. were like, I just had something removed. <laughs> I did I, see that. I one. wore a Band-Aid, you know, like, uh, but oh, nobody yeah. will care. You won't care, Harry. Anyway, then he ended up going on Saturday Night Live, and I was never, I literally was out of the country for the two times, because it was like the one thing that I would have That's been right, able to That's right, because I remember up. when they first announced, I re- might have been the second time that they were on SNL, I, re- I DM'd you, and I was like, you have to go, I know. this is your chance, I know. you gotta go. Both times I missed it. I did get Frances, my daughter, into... Um, I mean, it was so, you know, they do the music rehearsal, right, which is right. nearly impossible to attend and so on thursday so i got her because she couldn't see the show but i pulled like like my last little sad string at (laughs) at nbc and i got her into the thursday rehearsal and they were in the balcony and they were given like really strict orders not to make any noise Uh uh-huh and some child yelled like at nile uh-huh and they were whisked away there was like a no zero tolerance and that's that that child is gone now they have yeah they were not given a second chance now i remember i went to some one direction thing they were on good morning 
Why was it's good yeah. morning America? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. do like their summer the concert outside series. Thing. Yeah, I remember that. And I got in with because I worked at Busby. I was like a press press pass, yes. and I remember feeling so guilty when I walked in. I mean, for like a second, I was guilty. Slash like a pedophile. <laughs> And that, because um, a they had me stand in like the press risers, and there were all of these like photographers with their like giant cameras, and I was just standing there with my phone, grinning. <laughs> you and Tyler Oakley. But yeah, when I walked in, like when it, all along the path, because it was in Central Park, it was just sleeping bags and like oh, abandoned. Yeah. It was insane, tents, and I just was like, oh my god, all of these people have been here for hours in the cold, and I'm just like waltzing up. Here's the 1D fact, though. I was yesterday just folding a 1D towel and <laughs> wondering how long we were going to have our 1D Yours, stuff. Yeah. Your towel? Mother. That's mother's towel. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's mother's. Um, I was wondering. Uh, their songs were great. I loved them. Was, they were hit, hit Factory. Yeah. Now, are you a solo artist? Did you follow? I am a solo artist, yes. Um, I... My loyalty has always been with Mr. Harry Styles. Yeah, well, that's... Um, so yeah, so I've I've stayed loyal to him, and I enjoy I enjoy the others. Do you enjoy hearing him speak? Of course, you do. I, the implication in your question is that perhaps not everybody does. I'm just saying he's a, he's nice to look at, and sometimes <laughs> I think maybe I wouldn't want to hear him talk. Um, I don't know. Well, I've I've openly bragged about the like two times that I've gotten to talk with him in person. And did, was uh, on he this full podcast. of witty repartee? Of uh, yes, uh, and, and also his voice in person is so deep and like v- velvety. Yeah, mm. and it drags you in. I mean, I I what I love is how shameless your tweets were because I feel like I am also shameless. <laughs> And yeah, like I I completely embarrassed myself and some of the oh, things because yeah. I've tried DMing him and it never works. That's fantastic. And then there's just a record because like you can't retract a DM. No. And so I have horribly. That's, that's a, a private investigator service has that in a file. <laughs> Just truly, in truly. Because then I was part of me was like, I don't even know. Like, surely more than one person is logged into his account. Like, it's not just him who's. Wait, tweeting. if you DM, so he follows you. Yes. Under what um, auspice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he followed. I say me with deep to, jealousy to appease me. <laughs> Like, I think I'm given, like, little treats to keep me satisfied enough so that I don't go, like, like single white female or whatever it is. And, like, yeah, like, do that. Um, But, yeah, we because I also have my campaign when I was at BuzzFeed to get him to follow me on Twitter. Yes. And I promised I'd buy everybody cake. If if he did, um, in hopes that it, that would entice everybody in the office to like join my campaign, right. and did they? It didn't work. Oh. But then when he did follow me, um, someone found the old tweet and were like, "You have to buy us cake." So I had to go to Dairy Queen and buy a cake. Yeah, said, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't make good on that right away. <laughs> I did. I did. It was. I was an hour later. Um, you know what it was? It was because I carved a pumpkin <laughs> that said "Harry, come to Buzzfeed." Oh. And wow. he tweeted back and said, um, you're very talented, Matthew, which at, at the time I was like, wow, that's what an honor. And then I was like, oh, that's what you tell a child who's who's, who's draw- drawn who a picture, <laughs> who's not good at drawing, <laughs> who you I'm want to be like. I'm very excited on your behalf. I didn't know this whole. Sh- I knew. I guess I remember that we both loved him. Yeah, yeah. But it I was, didn't. It was I didn't a while ago. Your campaign. It was. A, it was a whole campaign, and then. Um, but doesn't that seem like another time? It really. It was a, a simpler time. It was a simpler time when we could just stalk young men without <laughs> any concern about Ronan Farrow writing a story about us. Or I uh, don't. I wish I knew his new album better. I and that I did want to give a better shake to. Yeah. Because he's got a beautiful voice. I mean, they're all amazing singers yeah yeah there's no way around that i i I love him yeah i enjoy my um creepy mrs robinson uh relationship with young men to not involve them speaking i think uh that probably works better and it it comes off as less creepy than me well they're ambiguously aged man i think through twitter i'm less likely to be uh charged right 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 um (laughs) But yeah, unless it's when in I ask DMs them to pick me up from my colonoscopy it. because I'm still on my twilight drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never had one for the record. 
I had to go through a horrible, I don't even want to bring it up. Okay, I we'll Basically, I, I had to go through like a front colonoscopy, which... <laughs> through your frontispiece? piece? <laughs> that will be my... Next time that happens, yeah. that'll be my DM. DM. I'll be like, hey, I have this procedure. Yeah. Um, They're going to give me, you know, right. fentanyl or something <laughs> right. that kills people. And will you yeah. please pick me up and we can just walk. Right. Don't even like, yeah. We can I, stop at Applebee's or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. I just need like a hand to hold while it's going on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we can go out after. Everything would go so fast if Harry Styles was there for your procedure. I wish we had more time to ask you because uh, I forgot about the, the squirrel thing. Yeah. Uh, I did a documentary for WNET on squirrels. Mm -hmm. My nature work is just at the dawn of its career. I've gone on the record as anti-squirrel. I'm very anti-squirrel. I I didn't realize that we had this. Um, Yeah, this podcast is like a notorious anti-squirrel podcast. You're going to watch my documentary and you're going to eat your words. Because I probably it's because who knew those furry friends are so smart. Yeah, they're they, smart enough to break into my apartment and eat my cookies. Before we let you go, though, I uh, I do want to ask. Um, so you're gonna be performing in New York City, right? Yes. Um, Doing holiday songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After I left SNL, I did a bunch of Broadway shows. Yeah, and, like made a name for myself a little bit as a singer. And um, so I have a jazz act. I have a jazz album. This is actually I'm so excited because we have been for a, two years putting together material for a Christmas album, which I'm recording in January yeah. for 2019. So I'll nice. be back in a year to talk about that with you. We will have you. Anyway, it's my whole jam is just like it's jazz. It's fun. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's up tempo. It should feel like a cocktail party. Yeah. And, um, so I have a show here in New York on the 14th at Pace University, mm-hmm. right across the bridge. 7.30, 90 minutes in and out. Happy holiday. Toe tapping. Love We're it. We're serving up a Hickory Farms basket of joy. <laughs> Can't wait. Funny, funny, funny tales and mostly singing. Nice. And then I'm doing one in Tom's River, New Jersey, mm-hmm. the 15th, and then Boston, the 21st. Well, thank you so much. Um, we took up so much of your time. It's all fine. Your children are probably still like... sitting at piano, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for me. Um, oh, thank you, and we we will see you next time. Yes, you will. Bye. Bye. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier. Let's start off with the good TV we've been watching this week. Barry? I have been watching Lilyhammer. I cannot recommend the show enough. Do you know about it? I think you told me about it. I'm pretty sure I have. So it's a Netflix original from 2012. So like one of I think it's actually one of the first Netflix originals. But it's a Norwegian show that is Stephen Van Zandt who is one of the main guys from The Sopranos. He also was in Bruce Springsteen's band. Um, so it's basically like a comedy spinoff of The Sopranos. It's not actually, but it is a mobster. This is in the first five seconds of the show. I'm not spoiling anything. Um, it is this mafia man whose dog is shot instead of him. And as revenge, he he rats out the mafia and goes into witness protection in Lilyhammer in Norway. And so he goes and it's just like him basically starting mafia shit in Lilyhammer in Norway. It is so it's really funny. The first season isn't as comedic as the second. The second they'd kind of just like stop being gory at all and just have hijinks that are funny. Is it in English or Norwegian? It's both. So like Stephen Van Zandt only ever speaks in English, but the Norwegians go between English and Norwegian. So they're Norwegian. <laughs> There are credit, there are um, subtitles. So, but it's it's so funny, and the fact that it's actually him is just so beautiful. Um, I love this show. There aren't a ton of really great women characters in it. Is probably my only like my biggest critique. And it's a great winter show because it's all set in Norway and it's like very snowy. And I'm learning a lot about Norwegian culture. And I also just found out from Ancestry.com that I am mostly Norwegian so like it's really just like a documentary about my life (laughs) what are you watching (laughs) I've been watching now that way you took a breath (laughs) I've been watching two shows I finished Elite Elite uh, I'm calling it Elite oh my god I'm so glad that you watched Elite though 
It's elite. And I, uh, you've talked about it, I believe. I don't, have I talked about before. it on the show? You think you have. Okay. It's a Spanish show from Spain mm-hmm. about a- On Netflix. Yes. It's a Netflix original Spanish language show about a group of high schoolers, even though they're like 25 years old. For sure. <laughs> it's basically, you know, it's, it's like soapy, Pretty Little Liars sultry. type Gone Girl. Not Gone. What is- Gossip Girl type. Girl. <laughs> it's like a murder mystery um, meets, like, they're all... Porn. This, uh, yeah. <laughs> also, it's very steamy. It's so steamy. I once watched it on a plane and had to turn it off. <laughs> I just love it. It's eight episodes. They're an hour long. And they're supposed to be... They're all supposed to be 16-year-olds. <laughs> and two of them are in, like, a long-term relationship. And they're having... They're, they, they're spicing up their relationship by having a threesome with this guy that fucks everything up. But it's like, you're 16. <laughs> How... Maybe that's just what, like, it's like in Spain. Yeah, I'm trying sure. not to... Uh, I'm trying not to um, extrapolate too much mm-hmm. from it. Because, like, if someone watched Riverdale, <laughs> and was like, that's America, I'd be like, yes. Yeah. Um, but I've been watching that. And then I've been watching another Spanish language show because I am going to Mexico next week. Well, if you're listening to this as of Tuesday, I will be in Mexico. Wow. Probably on a toilet, for being honest. <laughs> uh, my trip is unofficially sponsored by Pepto Bismol. But I'm watching this other show. It's called La Casa de las Flores. The That's, flower house? Yeah, the house of flowers. Uh, yeah, I took Spanish from kindergarten to eighth grade, so, yeah. <laughs> La Casa de las Flores. Um, it's a Spanish language show set in Mexico City, where I will be. It's like a dark comedy. It gives me, like, Desperate Housewives vibes, mm. Pushing Daisies vibes, which mm. was my favorite show before Another they canceled it. In the first episode, it's about this, like, wealthy family that runs, like, a flower shop, and they're, like, socialite family, like, cover of Vanity Fair types. <laughs> No, the flower shops were that. I know. <laughs> like, I'm like, all right, you want you you're florists, but yeah. apparently you live in this like giant mansion villa. But in the first episode, um, the father again, not quite a spoiler, uh, his mistress hangs herself in uh, at a party, and it causes a big scandal, and they find out that he had a mistress and like a whole second family and like ran a whole um, rival flower shop, a, a rival cabaret slash drag bar called La Casa de las Flores. Wait, so the flower shop is not La Casa de las Flores? the flower shop is, but then his second family is also called that. Yeah, they run like a drag bar called the same thing. That is like, and the drag personas are like the the family. (laughs) Wow. And yeah, there's also like a gay storyline. Also, uh, a lot of that in Elite. Yeah. Do you know who um, Gael Garcia Bernal... Do I know him? I fucking love him. Wasn't he the voice of Coco, the kid from Coco? Not the kid. He was the... the uh, oh, yeah. He yeah. was the, the... Dad. Spoiler alert. He's the dad. <laughs> he, he, he has a younger brother, IRL, who's super hot. <gasps> his name is Dario. How have I not known this? And he's in the show. Oh, my God. And you see his butt a bunch. Ooh. I'm like in. basically his whole butthole. You see so many butts in Elite. Um, t- he's like bisexual in the show. Cool. And he he has also a double life. Everybody has a double life. It's good. I'm only a few episodes in, but I'm hooked. Awesome. I actually like watching shows in another language because I have to pay attention. Yeah. I, I get mad at myself when I try doing two things at once and I can't. I still I still try scrolling and watching mm-hmm. even when I have to read mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. Mm-mm. So now I'm forced to because I need to keep my eye out for the butthole. Anyway, <laughs> what's your regular chaser? Uh, my chaser this week, you know, it's like the time of year when the 2018 Spotify wrap up thing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine was not surprising. Uh, it's mostly just Ariana Grande. And so, you know what? If I really think about it, I gotta say Ariana Grande is the my chaser for the week. She just makes me happy. I've loved her for a long time, but I've really like started to own it more. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm just, you know, ready to talk about it. Now that it's popular to do so, <laughs> yeah, jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Um, no, I just, uh, she really makes me happy. And I listen to Sweetener far too much. Um, also Dangerous Woman. Also other stuff. But yeah. And I didn't know that she has a ton of Christmas songs. So I have been listening to that. I've also been homesick for Chicago. And I've been listening to a lot of Sufjan, early Sufjan, because 
that's just Midwestern winter to me. And it's been making me feel real good and real nice. What about you? Um, well, I can also pick songs that I've been listening to. No, real original. I also did my my Spotify thing, which was the gayest <laughs> results ever. I love it. <laughs> my top listened to song was the karaoke version of <laughs> I Have Nothing. It's the most you thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, also, what was it? A Plum, a Troy Sivan song. Ashes, which was the Celine Dion song <laughs> from the Deadpool movie. Great song. Um, Kitty Girl, a RuPaul song. And what was the fifth one? Oh, Waving Through a Window from Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> and then my top artists were like Shawn Mendes, Harry Styles, Troy Sivan. I don't remember who the other two I'm were. I'm glad that the algorithms are supporting you, though, because if it had come out that like Harry Styles wasn't in that top five, like what would that have done to you? Yeah. Even the fact that he was like number three. Oh, Ben Platt because of... Dear Evan Hansen and right. then Lady Gaga. But we also saw The Favorite this week, oh which my is God. my new favorite movie. I want it, I need to see it again. <laughs> it's my favorite rom-com. <laughs> if you don't know, it's Olivia Coleman who plays Queen Anne, who's this old crazy queen. And it's just perfect. <laughs> like, she collects rabbits and is... Oh. Yeah. And then Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz are two, like ladies of the court who are vying for her affection so good it's so fucked up it's the weirdest movie but i love it it's by the same guy who did the lobster which is one of my favorite movies yeah lanthimos (laughs) (laughs) anyway see the favorite listen to lady gaga watch whatever barry fucking said and that's it thanks for listening to unhappy hour you can head to apple Podcasts or spotify or stitcher wherever you get podcasts hit that subscribe button then rate us and review us but only if it's nice Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Claire Ty, and me, Matt Bellisai. Our editors are Josh Wynn and Dean Kleiner. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Music by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at FinkelBarryPie. You can stalk me on all the social medias at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. <gasps> Bye-bye.